0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see this message. Welcome to Home Group. It's Monday night, and I'm here with my gang. And tonight, my gang is Denise Runner and Maxime Myasnikov. Just three of us tonight. Joel is really busy, and Paul is really busy. And Maxime, Denise, and I are so glad that you. To join us tonight, I'm really honored to be here. I really mean it. Thank you for letting me be here. Uh, honestly, Maxine, we have a whole Maxine fan club in our home group. That's, many, many people just <laughs> love it when you're that on is home. That's so group. nice. Thank you so much, friend, uh, friends. I'm really touched by it. Denise, you look really pretty. Oh, thank you, Rick. I always like it when you wear that top.
1: I thought about that when I put it on.
0: Well, thank you. Mm. And we're so glad that you're with us tonight. This is our home group. And Jesus promised, where two or three of you are gathered together, he is in the midst. You know, as time goes by, some of those verses begin to take on more meaning. Jesus never said the two or three of you had to be in the same room. He just said, where two or three of you are gathered. Well, here we are, and there you are. We're gathered together by technology, and Jesus is here, and Jesus is there. And Lord, we're asking you tonight to speak to us. We're asking you to meet every need in our lives that need to be met tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And by the way, let us know how to pray for you. Give us a call. If you have to leave a message, we'll call you back. And if you want to send us an email, send us an email. I guarantee you, Denise, do we pray? We pray. We really pray. I spent a lot of time in prayer yesterday for our partners and for people who write to us. And we want you to let us know how to pray for you. And if you have a comment, please write your comment in social media. I guarantee you these eyes will read your comment when I wake up tomorrow morning. The first thing I do every morning is read the comments in response to home group because it means a lot to me and it keeps me in touch with you. I really feel pastoral care for you. So when you write a note, it means something to us. And by the way, Denise, right now we're offering a brand new series, Are you ready for this? Ten powerful women. That's what Denise and I together are teaching in the regular TV program this week. And, Denise, did we have a blast teaching?
1: We did. And there are ten powerful women.
0: Well, there's more than ten. Yes. But in this series, we talk about Eve. We talk about Noah's wife, who we call the nameless woman that changed history. Sarah, Jezebel, Bathsheba, Esther. Mary, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of John Mark, and Priscilla, which was a woman preacher, this is really powerful. And if you want teaching that will liberate you on the subject of women, this is the one to get. And tonight we're going to talk about Eve, and Eve has really taken the bad rap for a lot of things, but tonight we're going to look at Eve through a new set of eyes. But this comes with a study guide, which is free. All you have to do is go to our website to download it right now. Please download this websi- This download. We do it just for you, and it's yours at our website. And we're also offering you right now a book by somebody else, and we rarely do that in our program. But I like this book, and the book is called All the Women of the Bible. More than 400 women are profiled. You will learn so much from this, and this is a book that you'll keep nearby you, When you're reading the Old Testament or the New Testament, you want to know who a a woman was, where she came from, and what she did, this book will give you the answer, and it is really a great resource. So order yours today by going to renner.org. Are you ready, guys? ready. All right, let's reach for our notes. We have a lot of notes because we have a lot of material to cover tonight, and tonight we're going to talk about Eve, the mother of the human race, and I want to begin tonight by reading from my notes, Women Are Powerful and women are powerful. But in addition to being beautiful, and they are beautiful, they are very powerful, and they are very influential. But what kind of power and what kind of influence women have depends on what God has done inside their hearts. That would also be true of men. We're going to get to another series called Ten Powerful Men, but right now we're talking about women. And the influence and power that a woman has depends on what she has allowed God to do in her heart. There are women like Jezebel who had no touch of God in her heart, and she wrongly used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and the whole nation. Who today wants to name their little baby girl Jezebel? Have you ever known anybody to name their baby Jezebel?
1: I have never met a Jezebel.
0: I mean, can you even imagine? How (laughs) dare somebody name their baby Jezebel? This woman has lived in infamy because of what a corrupt heart she had. You know, Jezebel, you're going to see when we get to the subject of Jezebel in a few days, she was a powerful woman and a very talented woman, but she had no touch of God on her heart. Women, just to be honest, can be manipulative. They can be evil and controlling or, and here's the good news, they can be supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. And by the way, I'm not picking on women because the same thing can be said about men, but we're talking about women right now. And I have to tell you that no one is more influential than Denise Renner as a woman in my life. My mother was a very powerful influence. My mother was godly. She taught me how to minister to people. My mother led me to Jesus. I'm so thankful to God for my sweet mother who is now in heaven. But Denise Renner is such a powerful, godly, supportive, and has been such a delivering force in my life. And I'm so thankful for Denise. And to me, for me, Denise is an example of a woman whose heart God touched, and she's supportive, she's godly, and she has been delivering. And so I really am glad that you're here tonight, Denise.
1: Rick, thank you for all those words.
0: Well, it's the truth. But the Old and the New Testament gives us many examples of women who use their influence correctly... To make a positive impact. But tonight we're going to begin with Eve. Who I'm going to call the mother of the human race. Eve was the first woman to live on the earth. Eve was a complete perfect woman. And because she was perfect. Undoubtedly she was the most beautiful woman who ever lived. And I'm sure that Adam was the most handsome man that was ever created. But like Adam she was covered and adorned with the glory of God. They didn't have to have physical clothes because they were so shrouded with the glory of God. And this brings new insight to the verse in Romans, which says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None of us today are dressed in glory. We have fallen short. We lost our covering because of sin. Adam and Eve were literally dressed the glory of God. Isn't that amazing? But first, God made man. So let's look at that. And in Genesis 2-7, the Bible says, And the Lord God formed the man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Verse 9, And out of the ground made the Lord to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food, the tree of life, and also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, verse 15. Listen to this. Verse 15 is really important. This also has to do with Eve. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden to address it and to keep it. What does that mean? Well, the word dress means to cultivate or to develop. Now, that is amazing to me because you would think the garden was perfect. But it doesn't matter what God gives you. God always expects you to take it to another level. I would imagine the garden looked perfect to our eyes. But God expected him to dress it, to cultivate it, to develop it, to take it to another level. That's true of anything that God gives to us. And he was also to keep it. And the word keep in the original means to keep from danger. God informed Adam That Satan would try to find his way into the garden. And because Adam was the head of the garden, God needed to tell him about this archenemy. Adam understood he was to obey God and thereby keep the devil out of the garden. And it was Adam's God-given responsibility to build a hedge about it, to protect it, and to keep the devil from getting inside. And Adam understood the task. He understood Okay, now let's go to Genesis 2.16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of the tree of the garden thou must freely eat, verse 17, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. So Adam understood this was an issue of obedience. It was about obedience. It wasn't about the tree. It wasn't about the fruit. There was nothing toxic or poison about the fruit. It was about obeying what God said. But look at verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a helpmeet for him. And by the way, the word helpmeet in Hebrew means one adapted to him. And I want to say this, that in Christ, women become co-rulers or co-partners with their spouses. In lands where darkness reigns in the world, women are servants. But Eve was given to Adam as a partner and their hearts were to beat as one. She was to be adapted to him. And in verse 19, the Bible says, And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20, And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. Adam could see that every animal had a partner, but eventually a moment came when Adam said, where's mine? (laughs) All these animals have partners, but where's mine? And the Bible says in verse 21, the Lord God calls a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And I have written, Eve was formed while Adam slept, God is always working while we sleep. Isn't that amazing? I like it. He is working even when we sleep. Amen. And the Bible says that God formed her from one of the ribs. That's what the King James Version says, but the original says, from his side. And I want to read a quote. It's an anonymous quote, but I just love it. It says, she was not made out of his head to surpass him, nor from his feet to be trampled on, but from his side to be equal to him near his heart to be dear to him. And this is confirmed in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, where Peter writes, Likewise ye husbands, dwell with him according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being what? Heirs, heirs to- together. together. They're heirs together of the grace of life. We are heirs together. But in Genesis two twenty-two, it says, And the rib... Which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman, and brought her unto the man. The Hebrew actually says God constructed a woman. So when somebody says that woman is really nicely built, well, God really built a woman from something that he took from Adam's side.
1: Can I say something right there?
0: Sure. You were
1: made from the dust. Yes. But I was made, and women, you were made from the very rib.
0: And or the side. The
1: side. And we were constructed. I like it.
0: And it says that God brought her unto the man. This was a magnificent presentation. I think God was really excited. Adam, look what I have to <laughs> give you. And verse 23 says, And Adam said, Now listen to this. This is really powerful. I shared this with Maxine right before home group and blew him away. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. And notice it says she shall be called woman because she's taken out of man. The word woman means manness. That's really what it means. Now today that's not politically correct. And a lot of people would be offended by that. But that's really what it means. And verse chapter 5 verse 2 in Genesis says, male and female created he them, and God called them Adam. Now listen, I'm going to read to you from my notes. God gave them one name. Adam and Eve together were called Adam. They had one identity and retained one identity until the fall. It shows God's plan for unity in marriage. Eve's separate identity only emerged after sin. This is when she began to feel separation and independence from her husband's authority. This is when tension in the home began. It did not exist before sin came. And the name Eve was not even given to her by God. It was the name that Adam gave to her after the fall. And that's what we read in Genesis 3, verses 16 and 20. And the compilation of those verses says, He called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Can Isn't I say that something real? Yes.
1: For, so the original plan was for husband and wife to be one. And as Rick has explained, sin put a separation. But through the cross, through redemption, the plan of God is for men and women to be one again. And I just want to read out of Ephesians because this is a great verse, and it's uh, verse uh, chapter 5, verse 33, and it says, Nevertheless, let each one of you, talking to the husband, in particular, so love his wife as his own self and let the wife see that she respects the husband. And if that's going on in a marriage, there comes a oneness. There does. Instead of separation.
0: But Denise, I have to tell you, I'm so thankful I don't call you Rick. I'm glad that our name is not Rick.
1: Oh, well, I'm glad my name
0: is Denise. Denise. I like calling you Denise. Uh, yes. I like But the point name. is, God wanted... Yes. They were, they were called Adam. Maxine, why was that amazing to you? It shocked me. I never thought of it. it and it gives you this understanding that your wife was so important and there should be unity. I never thought of it. Thank you for noticing it. It's great revelation. Well, Eve has really taken the blame. She's taken the rap for the whole fall of the human race. So let's see really what happened. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. By the way, I have a whole teaching on that. It's powerful about how serpents try to get into our lives. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Verse 2, And the woman said unto the serpent. We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, verse 3, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, now here you're going to find the problem right here. God has said, ye shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Is that what God said?
1: Mm-mm.
0: It is not what God said. Which means Adam did not clearly communicate. This is really the story of a man who failed to communicate to his wife and you know even today in marriage that's a common problem when men think that they've said something but their wives didn't get it. Men think that they have communicated and maybe Eve didn't hear right maybe Adam didn't say it right but something wasn't said right or something wasn't heard right because Eve did not understand. She heard something that God didn't say. What God said to Adam was you shall not eat of it. But Eve has in her mind that there's something toxic or poison about the tree. She doesn't even understand the issue is obedience and disobedience. She really thinks there's something poison in the fruit of that tree. Adam didn't explain it to her, so she doesn't understand it. And the devil always looks for a loophole of ignorance in our lives, and here he found it. So she said, uh, again, that God said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest ye die. God didn't even say they couldn't touch it. He just said you can't eat of it, not because it's toxic, not because it's poison, but because it's a matter of obedience. And in verse 16 and 17, we read that God's actual message to Adam and Eve was very clear. The Lord God had commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. God said nothing about it being toxic, nothing about it being poison. God didn't say you couldn't touch it. He didn't say any of that. But Eve didn't get it. She thought there was something poisonous about the tree, which tells me Eve had not been instructed well about this by Adam. He failed as the head of his home to clearly communicate. Isn't that amazing? Shows the power of right and wrong communication. And many times, it's just the fact, husbands assume that their wives understand something. Hence, they don't clearly communicate. And when you operate on an assumption, you're always going to get in trouble. I never assume that Denise understands. She usually does. But if I assume, then probably I'm going to create a problem. So my job is to make sure Denise really understands what I communicate to her. And that wouldn't just be true about Denise. That would be to your children. That would be to your church, to your employees, to your friends. If you operate on an assumption, there's going to be a gap somewhere that's going to create a mess. And many times husbands do this.
1: And Rick, I like to clarify. I like to say to you, so let me get this clear.
0: Yeah, we we are very good about this. You
1: said such and such. And then, that way, I really know what it was that he was trying to communicate. But we had
0: to learn to develop that.
1: Absolutely. And I think
0: we've become pretty good at it.
1: We're getting better and
0: better. Amen. You've got to work on it. But she really thought the tree was poisonous, that something about it was toxic. It would be fatal to their physical lives. She didn't understand, and her lack of understanding, her ignorance to the real issue, is what opened the door for the devil to lead her off track. Eve has taken the blame, but honestly, Adam is the one to blame here for failing to clearly communicate. You know, most problems in nations, in companies, in churches, it's all about bad communication. That always leads to bad things. Poor communication opens the door for a lot of bad things. But let's go on. So it appears that she was ignorant because of Adam's poor communication skills. Look at Genesis 3, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, You will not surely die. Verse 5. For God doth know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Adam knew that if he did not join her, he would lose her. She was going to die. And he would not die. He knew that. If he remained pure and did not sin, suddenly these two who were made as one would instantly become unequally yoked. She would die, he would live, he could not bear the thought of being separated from Eve, with whom he had been so one. So he reached out, and he partook of the fruit willingly, but Adam understood what he was doing. And it's also interesting that when you read especially Romans chapter 5, the Bible never says that sin entered the human race because of Eve. It says because of Adam's sin. If Adam had not partook of that fruit, sin would never have entered the human race. It would have stopped with Eve. God held Adam accountable because he was the head. He was the one that was appointed. It didn't come through his wife. It came through him. Isn't that amazing? So is the power of the head of the home. But let's go on. Genesis 3, verse 7. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked... Why were they naked? Because they fell from the glory of God. We've all fallen short and fallen. They had, until this moment, had been dressed in the glory of God. And suddenly it evaporated. Mm-hmm. And they sowed fig trees together and made themselves aprons. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Let's just go on down to verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden. I was afraid and I hid. I was naked. Verse 11, God said, Who told you that you were naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree of where have I commanded that you should not eat? And Adam immediately began to shift blame to his wife, which is also a result of sin. Blame shifting is just the way sin behaves. Verse 12, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. But the emphasis should be, I did eat. Adam is the one who really was knowledgeable. And again, Romans 5, 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man, not by one woman, by one man, sin entered the world. It came through Adam. Wow. But, God made a promise. And we find it in Genesis 3, verse 15. God said, I'm going to get involved in this. I'm going to restore this. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is a prophecy that a Messiah will come to fix it all. He's going to crush this serpent. He's going to crush the enemy. And Eve's story is actually the story of the world's most perfect woman who made a mistake because of flawed information. But... She heard God make a promise of redemption. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask, if you have made decisions that had grave consequences, have you ever done that? Everybody makes mistakes. But here's the good news. If your heart is willing to repent, God will initiate a plan of restoration. And that is the story of Eve. But when we come back tomorrow, we're going to look at the nameless woman who changed human history. See you tomorrow, bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please like, subscribe, and comment so more people can see it.